Welcome to the Man in the Mirror Bible Study Podcast. Today we are continuing our series looking at the book of James. Today's message, Can Our Tongue Really Be Tamed? Our speaker is Pat Morley, author and founder of Man in the Mirror. Well, this is my first Happy New Year to everybody, so Happy New Year to everybody. And uh, good morning, men. So for those of you who are joining us online, we want to welcome you to Man in the Mirror Men's Bible Study. And we always give you a nice, warm, rousing Man in the Mirror welcome. So on the count of three, one, two, three, hoorah. Welcome, guys. We are uh, glad to have you with us as well. So we're in this series, The Wisdom of James. And uh, this morning, the title of the message is, Can Your Tongue Be Tamed? And I decided to highlight your tongue because this is an application-oriented Bible study. We're trying to give you news that you can use, something you can take away. You know, it's 9 o'clock, the phones are ringing, the customers are complaining, how do you make the transition? Does this apply to that? So uh, really the emphasis here is not on the, the, uh, the royal your, it's on the personal your tongue, like you, can your tongue be tamed? So I saw this t-shirt uh, as I was fooling around this week, and uh, uh, actually I, I was remembering how my mother used to always say this, and I was looking for, uh, for a, a t-shirt or something that might save, but I thought this was pretty cute. Mom always said that if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And some people wonder why so I'm so quiet around them. <laughs> all right, and so uh, the issue here first is the, the problem of an untamed tongue, the problem of an untamed tongue. So James 1.26 is our verse <clears throat> for the day, one verse. And uh, those who consider themselves religious, now who are those who consider themselves religious? Remember, this is about your tongue, and so that's you, those who consider themselves religious. It's, it is interesting because uh, this particular word, James, is the, uh, this is the only time this particular derivation of the word religion appears in the Bible one time. It does seem to pertain more to the, the outward <clears throat> appearances of religion. <clears throat> it maybe not apply so much to what's going on inside of you, but more the, uh, the, the, uh, the way that you celebrate religion outwardly, the way you have a show of religion. Anyway, those who consider themselves to be religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues or who don't put a bridle on their tongues, literally put a bridle on your tongues. We'll look at this idea some more when we get to James chapter 3, where literally the, the analogy of, of uh, putting a bridle on you, a bit in your mouth to control your tongue. Uh, but anyway, yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. So what kind of speech might James be talking about here, do you think? Again, the, uh, the verse... Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues uh, deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. So what kind of speech do you think James might be talking about here? Just anybody. 
So, in so, loud enough so that I can hear it. Say it again. Godless. Okay, so gossip. Okay, godless work too, but godless, uh, degrading, judgmental, angry language, profanity. Uh, profanity that lays me out. That what? What was that? All right, so I always wanted to judge others, not self. Using God's name to justify ungodly actions. Yeah. Coarse humor. See, isn't it fascinating? I mean, in less than two minutes, we can come up with a fairly comprehensive, almost comprehensive list of the kind of speech that we're talking about. So it's not that we don't know what this speech is, right? We know what this speech is that represents not having a tight rein on our tongues. We all know that. That's not the issue, apparently. So uh, it's a fascinating. Uh, Demosthenes, he was the one, I guess, that wandered around for a few years with the light looking for an honest man. He said, nothing is easier than self-deceit for what each man wishes that he also believes to be true. And so what does the text say? It says, those who don't keep a tight rein on themselves, they, they deceive themselves. And Demosthenes says nothing's easier than that. We know what to do, <laughs> but still nothing's easier than deceiving ourselves <clears throat> because what each man wishes to be true, that he also believes. And so then the point of all that is, is that when you do that, their religion or our religion becomes worthless. Religion equals worthless when we allow ourselves to be deceived because we don't keep it tight rain on our tongue. So this is the problem of an untamable tongue. <clears throat> we all put our foot in our mouth occasionally, right? No, I don't think so. We all put our foot in our mouth all the time, all day long. We're putting our foot in our mouth, right? Sometimes we say things, though, that uh, are, are said with an unbridled tongue. So we're always saying dumb things, but sometimes we, we don't put a bridle on our tongue and we say things that are very hurtful. And, and then some of those hurtful things you can't take back. And so, um, I mean, I hear it, literally I hear it every day, but I already heard it this morning. Something about something a parent said 30 years ago or two weeks ago at Christmas, but something a parent said to an, an adult child uh, that has for maybe 30 or 40 years or 20 years has defined the limits of how far that person can go in life. My best friend, the former administrator of the Bible study before Jim, uh, oh, the other Jim, <laughs> the previous Jim, uh, yeah, when he was growing up, and you've heard me tell this story before if you've been here, uh, it, he had his best friend Tim over at the house, and as uh, Jim was saying goodbye to his best friend Tim, he's like eight years old, uh, the father, Jim's father, takes them, meets them both at the door, and he says to, to his son is Jim, and he says to Jim's friend Tim, he said, 
Tim, you, you're welcome back here anytime. I sure wish I had a son like you. And that defined Jim's life because 70 years later, Jim was still trying to overcome the effects of that unbridled tongue, if you will. So, the, so if you have religion, but you don't bridle your tongue, then James, well, the Holy Spirit through James is telling us that, hey, your religion is worthless. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not saved, okay? That doesn't mean you're not going to heaven, but it just means that your religion is worthless. And what does it mean if your religion is worthless? It means it's not effectual. It's not, it's not producing any bang for the buck. God's not getting an ROI on the investment he's made in you. You're not doing anything uh, that, that you, if you have an unbridled tongue, people don't respect you. And, and so they don't give credence to you. They look at you as a hypocrite. All these different kinds of things we could talk about, right? That's the problem of the untamable tongue. And so here's the big idea for the day. If you can't be biblical, be quiet. If you can't be biblical, be quiet. Now, we're going to get into this, but that's the big idea for the day. If you can't be biblical, just be quiet. Now, I, we don't say this. If you can't be biblical, be quiet. That's not, the, that's not how Jesus would say. He, Jesus would just say, well, look, if you can't be biblical, then be quiet, okay? You know, just hold your tongue, rein your tongue in. Uh, God's not angry you know, because you're, uh, you're a broken boy and grew up to be a, a broken man. He's not, he's not angry about that. Uh, he's, he's hoping that you will be healed, but he also knows that broken boys uh, tend to grow up and uh, have unbridled tongues as well. So there you go. All right. Um, since it is application-oriented, we're trying to answer the question, question, can your tongue be tamed? I want to talk now about knowing and uh, knowing when and how to be quiet. What's the big idea? If you can't be biblical, be what? Be quiet. So let's talk about knowing when and how to be quiet. So 1 Peter 2, 19 to 23. It's one of my uh, life verses, if you will. And for it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering. And so, for example, if you uh, grew up at home, where there was either uh, neglectful or abusive uh, kinds of language or behavior, emotional neglect, whatever it is, and you grew up uh, under unjust suffering, then uh, you might have a volcano of, of anger that you're trying to sit on top of. You're, you love Jesus, but you're still angry. Here, listen, listen. Your childhood wounds may define you, I may describe you. Your childhood wounds may describe you, but they don't have to define you. All right? And I'm going to show you how right now. Uh, one, of the, one of the ways now. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering, or maybe it's in your marriage, or maybe it's, a, maybe, or maybe it's in your workplace, wherever it is. It's commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God, but how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, 
This is commendable before God. So enduring, enduring, right? Well, how in the world is that even possible? To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. Jesus has left you an example. His suffering, that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. So uh, those who don't put a, put a bridle on their tongues, they deceive themselves. No deceit was found in his mouth, all right? Verse 23, when they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And so I'm going to give you three governing principles this morning. And here's the first one based on the verse we just looked at. I won't retaliate. I don't need to defend myself. I don't need to set the record straight. Uh, this is uh, this is one of my this is one of my personal governing principles. I'm, going to, I'm sharing with you. I don't think I've ever shared that with you before. But you know, when when uh, and, and do I do this perfectly? Heck no. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, we all put our foot in our mouth uh, uh, all the time, right? And uh, we all say things that we shouldn't say uh, uh, from time to time. Sometimes we say things we can't take back, and I do that still. But <clears throat> My, my governing principle, <clears throat> my objective, my desire is that <clears throat> I'm not going to retaliate. <clears throat> I'm not going to try to uh, defend myself. I'm not going to try to set the record straight. I'm just not going to do that. And so uh, I remember uh, early in my career, I built a big building over in Tampa called Tampa Commons. Uh, anyway, you know, corner of Dale Mabry and Kennedy over there. And, and, uh, and then... Uh, I had enough land next to it to do two more buildings, and I lost those. I lost the land. It was when the savings alone deal collapsed and everything. And they they wrote about me in the Wall Street Journal, and uh, and they made all these. They it was they ripped me basically. And one of my friends said, "You need to answer that." I said, "I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to defend myself." Uh, you know, I'm I'm comfortable with what I did and who I am, and besides. Who am I anyway? Who are you anyway? Nobody's going to remember what the Wall Street Journal said in two days anyway, right? So that's that. Uh, that's the only time I ever, by the way, only time I ever got mentioned in the Wall Street Journal, that's for sure. But, you know, just don't retaliate. You know, don't need to defend myself. Don't need to set the record straight. That's, that's, that's a governing principle that will serve you well if you, if you want to figure out how to be quiet. And, and that is, and what is, what is all that? That's merely following the example of who? Jesus. This because this is what Jesus did. So this is a good this is a good idea to maybe uh, meditate on if this is something that is an issue for you. Okay. <clears throat> James one twenty. We we already looked at this verse earlier, right? But just to to further amplify human anger, and you notice I've highlighted certain words. I've highlighted the words that we're focusing on here. Human anger. <laughs> there is a. There is a righteous anger, you know, right, uh, that reflects uh, God's righteousness. But human anger, and I think here human anger is meant to, 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 to mean anger that's coming out of the flesh, okay? Human anger or flesh anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Just further amplification. Again, the big idea, if you can't be biblical, <laughs> just be quiet. 
or you know, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Hey, that's not really true, is it? <clears throat> and now we're going to look at that with, with the idea that if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Well, well, what, what if somebody has actually really harmed you? Are you are you supposed to you know not say anything because you can't say something nice? Is there a way to be to say something to somebody that needs to be spoken to, or do you just if you can't say something nice, just don't say anything at all? Oh well, that person wronged me, so I can't say anything nice about them, so I just won't say anything at all. Well, yeah, be quiet if you can. Don't retaliate and so forth. However, there are some uh, boundaries that get um, abused. People people don't respect boundaries, and uh, they do things that are sinful, and that uh, there's a way to do do that too. So let's talk about knowing when and how to be biblical. So we talk about knowing when and how to be quiet. Let's now talk about knowing when and how to be biblical. Again, if you can't be biblical, be quiet. So wanted to talk about how to be quiet, but now let's talk about how to be biblical, okay? And so Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, this whole section in here is talking about spiritual maturity. And then it says, uh, when you become mature, in verse 14, then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their, what kind of scheming? Deceitful. Okay, so there's that word deceit again. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So there is a way to actually speak about things which need to be addressed, and that's by speaking the truth in love. That's the principle here. Romans 14 verse 1 says, Accept those whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. There are disputable matters in the Christian faith. So how many of, don't, don't raise hands, but you know, we have young earth people, we have young earth people, and then we have people that are looking more at the, the, the current science and so forth and believing that. So I've had a couple of run-ins on this, all right, with different people over the years. We had a man here at the Bible study, for example, who was a uh, a hardliner on young earth, a six-day literal creation. And uh, in my personal view, my personal view, and I believe this is a disputable matter, by the way. So there, there are non-negotiables in the Christian faith, right? The virgin birth, the resurrection, so forth. But uh, many things are, are uh, open to debate, open to debate. And so this man was a hardliner, six-day creation guy. And so he, I'd said something about how I do not believe that Genesis 1, one page in the Bible, I don't believe that Genesis 1 was written to give us a comprehensive scientific explanation of how the creation came into existence. I just don't. And, uh, and, uh, and if that offends you, I'm sorry, but uh, that I'm not saying it couldn't have been a six-day creation, literal, but I'm saying we just don't have enough information from one page in the Bible, which was not written to give a scientific explanation. It was written to give a theological explanation of the, of the creations and the origins of, of us and the universe. And so uh, we, he wanted to have a meeting. We met. Uh, he had a couple of other men come in, a second meeting and everything. And he left in a huff and I haven't seen him since. And, um, and I feel bad about that. Uh, but to me... To me, 
it's a sign of weak faith. It's a sign of weak faith to demand a necessary explanation for something. Uh, demand a, demand an ex. Then first of all, that everybody agree with you on on an on a view of scripture that is not explicit. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a possible a six day literal creation. That's a possible explanation. It could be even a probable explanation, but it is not a necessary explanation of that text. And so I can't, I can't bring you, I've never taught you anything here ever in uh, all these years. Hey, we're, what is this? This is uh, 23. So this is like 37 years I've been teaching men the Bible here. I've never taught you anything <clears throat> that was, uh, that, that, that as a necessary explanation of the scripture, unless it was a necessary explanation of scripture. If it was a, a matter like this, I, pre I tend to present all sides of it and let you make your own decision. Uh, sometimes I tell you my opinion. Usually I don't, but today I am on this one. Uh, another example on the same thing, Ken Ham, uh, maybe you've heard that name, Ken Ham. He's the man who built the uh, Noah's Ark up in uh, near Cincinnati, and I think in Kentucky. And uh, he's the uh, kind of like the, 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 the father of the six-day creation, uh, the literal creation. And so I was in Indianapolis uh, one, one time, and a, a, a friend wanted to, to, he got us together, the three of us together, because uh, this, my friend wanted to um, have us talk, Ken and I talk, because he knew that I'd, wasn't uh, um, keen on uh, keen on pressing or pressing into a six day creation, uh, six day literal creation thing, uh, and but but of course Ken Ham is, and so we talked about it, and so we had this nice discussion, and the only thing I was interested in, I said Ken, I said the only thing I'm really interested in, do you think it's necessary to believe in a six day literal creation for salvation? He laughed. He said, "Oh no." That's not a salvation issue. That's not a salvation issue, you see. But what happens is, is that uh, people who uh, deceive themselves, nothing's easy, easier than self-deceit for what each fan wishes that he also believes to be true. So, so when people get on a hobby horse, make one of these little theological ideas, kind of like they're the, 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 the anchor of their, their whole life and so or a big part of their life, and then they, 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 they kind of, require you to believe like they believe in order well look we have not we have other we have bigger things to go on too we you know we have we have catholic brothers we have pentecostals we have charismatics we have mainliners we have evangelicals we have i mean we have holy rollers we have uh we have frozen chosen we have everybody in here we have everybody in here and and what we're what we're focusing on is we're focusing on what's bit we're focusing on Biblical truth, uh, we, we, there are some indisputable things, and we focus on those, and, but we do not engage in theological debates which for centuries have remained unresolved as though somehow <laughs> this Friday morning here in Orlando, Florida, we have been given the Holy Grail, and we're going to un uh, unveil the real truth that Martin Luther couldn't figure out and John Calvin couldn't figure out, but, but, but we, we can, and so we're going to reveal that today. So... You know, take a deep breath. <laughs> Just take a deep breath. Really, really, really take a deep breath. 
Uh, second governing principle here then is this. I will, I, I will speak the truth in love. What, whatever, <clears throat> there are true truths. And so, yeah, speak them, speak them. But if you can't say it in love, that, that just, you're not being biblical. So don't say it at all. If you can't be biblical, be quiet. I spent too much time on that particular one. I'm not sure why I got carried away on that. But anyway, that's that. Uh, Galatians 5, 14 and 15. We're, we're talking about knowing, uh, you know, how and when to, to be biblical. So I'm giving you the, this is like the real, this is like the, this is the, this is the, uh, this is the operating system that you need in order to pull this off. Okay. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you abide and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. That's the essence of it. So, the, the, But the key thing I want you to take away here is, is walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. And that gives us a third governing principle. I will consciously walk in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And I put the word consciously here. You see, I've highlighted it. Obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see that I highlighted it, but I highlighted the word consciously. I think this is the... Uh, this is the... Uh, Well, it's certainly one of the top five things that I've learned over the years. Is I, I remember reading Charles Spurgeon. Uh, this is like a quarter of a century ago that Charles Spurgeon wrote that uh, he he could not remember, uh, and I forget the time horizon. I didn't look this back up again, but uh, he for, for 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 a long, long time he said that I can't remember not thinking about, I can't think, I, I cannot remember going longer than five minutes without thinking about Jesus. I just had a big impact on me at the time. I can't remember going longer than five minutes with thinking about Jesus. And I remember thinking, I would like to be like that. I would like to be like that. I would like to. And so this idea of walking in the spirit is, is I, I believe the way that you, this, you have, this happens and the idea of consciously, consciously walking in the Spirit. So we all have this running conversation with ourselves all day long. And so what I've tried to do over the years is instead of having a conversation with myself, a running conversation with myself all day long, I'm trying more and more to have a running conversation with the Holy Spirit all day long. And who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is Jesus. It's, this, it's the Spirit of Jesus. Jesus, we don't have a little man in our hearts. We have his but we do have the spirit of that man in our hearts. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. And so if you want to you know, do something like that, then uh, the way to do it would be to consciously walk in the presence and the power of the spirit. So these are three governing principles uh, that we can use, you can use um, to uh, put a rein on our speech, so that we don't say those things that um, we regret and 
especially so we don't say things that we regret that can't be taken back. I won't retaliate. I don't need to defend myself. I don't need to set the record straight. Just not going to do it. I will speak the truth, but I will always do it in love. And then I will consciously walk in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, because this is what biblically, you know, if you can't be biblical, be quiet. This is what biblical is. It's walking in the presence of the power of the Spirit. And these are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And Paul, when he writes this list out, he nowhere is, is saying that this is a comprehensive, exhaustive list. And so I think you would also necessarily want to include humility. You know, humility, pride and humility. Why, why do people, why, why do, why do people uh, let their, one of the reasons that people have unbridled tongues is their, their human pride. They, they're making a show of religion without having it on the inside, you know. And so humility would be uh, another fruit of the Spirit. Integrity would be uh, a fruit of the Spirit as well, honesty and righteousness and so forth. And then uh, wisdom. Wisdom would be a fruit of the Spirit. So anyway, you have these fruits of the Spirit. And the, the way that we, 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 uh, we attain this bridle, this rein that we put on our tongue, is, 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 is by walking in the fullness, the power, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, and to do that consciously as much as we can all day long. And so, you know, uh, the, old, the old idea, you know, all these kind of um, cliches in culture have, m most of them, some, some kind of roots uh, in, in good Christian thought, like count to ten. Okay, well, yeah, count to ten. But don't, you're not counting to ten just so you can count to ten. Count to ten so that you can be more conscious of the Holy Spirit. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Uh, if you can't say something nice or something that's not nice that needs to be said in love, okay, then don't say anything at all. You see, so there is a kernel of truth in most of these uh, cultural cliches that we have. These are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The big idea today, and brothers, um, I just uh, I hope that we can all do more of this uh, in the coming year. But if you can't be biblical, just be quiet. Just be quiet. Let's pray. Our dearest Father in heaven, I suppose that. Uh, Fifty years ago, this would have been taught that this is a this is an angry idea, you know. If you can't be biblical, I'll be quiet. But God, that just isn't the way that that we understand the gospel in our generation. We understand the gospel that you've given us an example to follow, and uh, and, and even in, in unjust suffering, that that you didn't retaliate, you didn't set the record straight. You didn't defend yourself. Help us to be uh, be more like that. Let us to be more conscious of your Holy Spirit in our lives. May our lives 
uh, when people look at it, may, may they see the aroma of Christ. May they, may they see your love and your joy and your peace, patience, your kindness, goodness, your faithfulness, gentleness in us, self-control, humility, wisdom, integrity. Lord, may these be the things that come out of our mouths. And Lord, if we can't be biblical, then help us to be quiet. And we ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Okay, you can find so the Man in the Mirror Bible today, study uh, wherever way, you uh, listen we, to podcasts, uh, about... as well as on our YouTube page. If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and share the podcast with friends. Since 1986, Man in the Mirror has been teaching the Bible, helping us reflect deeply as men and apply God's truth to our lives. This Bible study is recorded in front of a live audience every Friday morning outside of Orlando, Florida. If you need help navigating your life or leading other men, please go to maninthemirror.org and check out our vast library of Bible study videos, blogs, and articles on Christian growth and leadership. There are plenty of resources you can use to grow in your faith and help others grow too. At maninthemirror.org, you will find books written just for men, helpful materials for your church's ministry to men, and even a potential career in men's discipleship. If you're a man personally struggling in life, or you need help in discipling men, please send us an email at biblestudy at maninthemirror.org and let us know how we can help.